thank you all for tuning in into the Meeting of Minds Real Reads podcast. Today, we have Dion Smith, who is a hairstylist and has been in the business for over 20 years. Her clientele is vast and it includes celebrity stylists such as Venus Williams, Amber Rose Gill, Regina King, and more. She's kindly agreed to have an interview with us today to find out more about her career journey. Amazing. So um, first of all, how are you, Dion? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. I'm not too bad. Great. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, I'm glad the sun's come out more, which yeah, is great. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the first question that we have is, um, so you've been hairstyling for over 20 years. Uh, it'd be good to know a little bit more about how you got into that journey and if you've always had a passion for hair. Initially, I didn't actually want to be a hairstylist, funny enough. I was trying to run away from it because I didn't feel like it was it would pay and it would, you know, it would be lucrative and all of that kind of stuff. Um, but how I actually started doing hair was from a really young age. I started doing my sister's hair because I've got two younger sisters. Ooh. And um, my dad was a little bit of like that kind of old school traditionist. It's like, you take care of your sisters, make sure their hair's groomed for school. Okay. You're the older sister, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. So I started off doing their hair and then um, started doing their friend's hair and then the mum's and then the mum's friends. And then it sort of just grew and grew and grew and yeah. grew. Yeah. Became like a little kind of um I don't know side hobby that I used to do to make extra money um so I used to do it around school and weekends and whenever I had space and then um, but still trying to like do other things like work and you know all that sort of stuff and then, um, yeah got to a point where it was just so busy I was like okay maybe I need to make a decision here because I'm getting burnt out trying to work trying to do hair trying to and then I was like okay maybe if I do this full-time it could actually work out um, so I took the bullet and just decided to give up everything else and just go into it full time. Cool, amazing. That's kind of how the, the journey started. <laughs> oh, great. And um, what is your background like, your cultural background? So I'm Caribbean. Um, I was born here, but my dad is from Jamaica. My mom's from Grenada. So I'm Caribbean. Oh, great. <laughs> oh, nice. Amazing um cool yeah and that's kind of like part of the culture I can understand like when you're saying your dad um take care of the younger sister yeah um braids and so forth yeah cool great um so you became a hairdresser and you you got into that full time um what was what would you say in terms of getting to the point where you were opening your first salon what was the experience like to get to that point um for me I I didn't actually like I yeah so basically I, I just grew and grew and grew my clientele to the point where I was doing it from home initially obviously um and then it got to a point where it started to just get too busy for the house mm. and I was like this is like driving me mad hair everywhere clients like because you know one comes in another one goes sometimes you get a bit of an overlap so people are waiting and I was just like yeah this is just getting a bit much and then um one of my actual clients that I'd been doing um, actually funded my first salon. Like she was like, oh, I think you should open up a shop. Like you're doing so well. And I was like, no, 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 no. She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We kind of went backwards and forwards after like a few appointments. Yeah. And then I spoke to like people that were around me at the time. And um, I was like, what do you think? And they were like, no, do you, do you do it? If she's willing to like help you just do it. And I was like, yeah, but I don't know if I want a whole salon sort of thing. And yeah. anyway, um, I took the offer. So she gave me, back then it was like a lot of money, but she gave me like £10,000. I did pay her back because I took it on the basis that I would pay her back. And then while I'm paying her back, I would offer her free hair care, like look after That's her hair. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I was just like, yeah, I'm not going to just take it. And like, yeah, yeah. Nice okay. that she was able to do that. And she saw that. And that's kind of what kind of, I guess, catapulted me and my mm-hmm. career, like going into a salon 
Um, I was always kind of like business savvy from a young age. Yeah. Um, so like managing staff and just, yeah, that whole experience. So that's kind of cool. And great. And like when you, so you said you're business savvy from a young age, is that because you were doing um, hair from a young age as well? Yeah, and- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just learning to manage money and like what's important yeah. and prioritizing and all of that kind of stuff. So it, and it, how did you find, um, were there any like new points or new um, business skills that you felt like you had to get more into? Did you take like um, a course in terms of like managing overhead, for example? In... Oh, no, when I opened up my salon, I didn't really take any of that. The only thing that I took seriously at the time was getting my qualifications in hair because um, I wanted to be, at the time, and even now I should say, it's a horrible thing to say, but a lot of um, uh, black hairdressers are not qualified. They just open shops. Mm. Like, so I just wanted to be different from everybody else and I wanted to set myself apart and I wanted to do things professionally and just show that it can be done like that. I know there was a few salons at the time, but not many. You can kind of pinpoint the few that are out there doing it correctly. Exactly. Um, yeah. And I wanted to be one of those. Cool. So, so did you went to, how did you, what course did you take and where did you take I it? I done NVQ level two. Um, I done that um, at a college called Murr Education. It doesn't exist anymore. I think it does, but not for hairdressing. It was in Brixton at the time. Okay. Um, and then I done my level three um, at Croydon. So when I initially went to school, I wanted to start with level one. But because I'd been doing hair for so long, there was like, yeah, you're too advanced. Like you, it, it wouldn't make any sense. I was putting you on level one. So they put me straight up to level two. Um, and then I've done two and three. So yeah, two at Murr and then three at Croydon College. Okay, cool. And um, if I'm correct, you've got children as well, right? Yes, I have, yeah. How did you find like managing, starting up a new business and also being a (laughs) mum? It was really, really hard in the sense that obviously with salons sometimes you you can't guarantee that you're going to finish dead on time because sometimes Mm -hmm. services can go over. If someone turns up late, the whole day shifted Mm-hmm. Like little things you yeah. know and as you, you as the manager you kind of and at that time the salon was quite fragile and it was a baby and I didn't want to just yeah, leave it in staff's hands so I wanted to like really be there so that was quite hard and challenging but the benefits were I was my own boss and I was able to say okay I'm going to quickly go and do the school pickup hold the fort and there was times when the staff would be like okay Jen I can see you because I was quite cl- I kept everything local yeah yes yeah. could have be able to maneuver and then, you know, so the staff, they were so, like, some of them were really good. They'd be like, if they saw that I was busy and they were free, they'd be like, all right, I'm going to run and pick the boys up. So they yeah. would help me. Yeah. So it was nice. And then, um, so there, were, there was disadvantages and advantages, but it was a struggle because I felt like, gosh, I'm missing so much because I'm always in the salon. Mm-hmm. But the flip side of that was I was able to provide and I was, and they were able to see that mum is working hard. Mm-hmm. She's running her own business. So I was setting a good example for them. Yeah, exactly. Um, Amazing. That's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, You speak a bit about your staff as well. How did you find, like, um, because before you were, like, working on your own doing hair, um, how did you find the transition of, like, employing people and finding the right type of people to be in your business? I think staff was probably, like, the most major issue. Um, Mm -hmm. When I first started, I did kind of change staff quite a lot. And that's just because people weren't right for the job, people don't take it serious. Mm-hmm. give people chances and they don't realize that you're actually running a business and for some reason mm-hmm. when you're in a hair salon everyone just I don't know they, it's like they don't take it serious yeah. so for me um, it took a while to really find a good team and cement them 
but then once I got there they really did stay with me and it, it, it worked out quite well towards the end but it took some time and then obviously finding the time to train because what you don't want is staff coming in and feeling like they're not learning or they're not growing because they're yeah. just not going to stick around so it's like trying to manage all the clients doing everything you're doing but still trying to train them up and making sure that they're getting something out of it too so it's all a balancing act man it was really difficult but where there's a will there's a way you make it happen (laughs) amazing um and just to be clarify as well do you still have your salon now or are you like mainly okay when did um that close down oh a long time now I think I've been without a salon for maybe first part of like 10 years now 10 years okay and and to close down about 10 years ago yeah and now you do more like mobile styling is that right no I'm freelance so I've got I'm signed to an agency oh cool just freelance and I do my my own stuff now amazing great um how have you found the transition to freelance as well it's really hard because I've actually found it better and I don't want people in sellers to feel like oh my god I need to go freelance it's not that I just feel like it's freed me a lot and because of the kind of personality I have I don't like being stuck in one place for too long I get bored same thing every single day every day every day every day so it's nice being freelance because it it throws you into different spaces you meet different people you travel like it's I I really like that side of it um and what I found is the salon was needed because it got me to where I needed to be and like, it grounded me and it taught me discipline and being a business owner, manager staff, how to talk to people, how to deal with different personalities. So mm-hmm. it did gear me up for becoming freelance. And I think now um, I just like the freedom of it. Like I like being able to just do what I need to do and not have to worry about managing staff, paying overheads and yeah. stuff. So it, it, there's a, and I'm still achieving a lot more. Um, and I'm able to do more and I don't have to kind of worry. And now the few clients that I do have, they kind of just work around me. Yeah. So it, it, it works out. It works yeah. out. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm a freelancer too. So yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Yeah. When was this launched and what inspired you um, to make this? So Signature by Dion Smith is my line. I, I've always wanted to bring out different things. I weren't too sure what I wanted to do, but I was always keen on bringing out stuff that could help um, people learn. So mm-hmm. like improve their skill sets. Cause I always feel like a lot of us as Afro stylists, we're not at our best. And sometimes we just, it's, sometimes they just don't want to be, they're just lazy, some of them. But um, I feel like the ones that are not doing it properly, and I'm not talking about the professionals here, but we know there's a lot of salons, we, we hear it. Let's not deny that. But um, I just want to, I want to encourage those ones to just really take what they're doing serious because it is serious yeah, exactly. um, so that's kind of how I launched um, Signature it's been something I've been toying on for a long time and there's other things that I plan to launch within Signature too but I think um, Covid mm. that was like my push so when Covid and the pandemic hit for me um, it was quite difficult because I was I'm, I didn't realise how much I actually rely on myself as an individual like I am my product I am mm-hmm. my work if I don't work then you don't get paid. Yeah. And it's only when COVID hit and it was like, okay, you stylists have to sit down now. And I was like, oh my God, like actually, like what do I do here now? Because I've been told I can't move. Mm. There was nothing I could do about it. I, like the whole world couldn't move. <laughs> like, you know, and I was just like, oh my God. And that's what made me think about, okay, Dion, now it's time to, while you're at home, pick back up where you left off and make this thing happen. Because at least next time this happens, God forbid, or anything like this happens, 
there's still some kind of income coming in. You're not just relying mm-hmm. on, I need to physically go out and do work to get paid. Yeah, amazing. It, it was a really, it was a big eye opener for me. Yeah. It was like a positive one, negative but positive. <laughs> so that's what kind of pushed me into launching um, Signature by Dion Smith and bringing out the tools and stuff that I, I did. Cool, amazing. Um, and specifically the ebony hair doll, which I think is amazing, um, focused on Afro-textured hair as well. Um, is So that's kind of like linked to the same issue of like um, people not taking it seriously and having something to practice on. That's right, yeah. yeah. So right. she was really important to me. I felt like it's really hard because you don't actually see dolls like that. Mm. Um, and sometimes if you're not seeing yourself or not seeing you know what you're trying to do it makes it a lot harder like some of the feedback I've had is just been like if if there was a doll like this years ago I would have stayed in hairdressing or you know there's afro hairstylists and to be honest a lot of us outside of even when we go to college and not really taught on afro textured hair Mm. um, you kind of learn what you're learning and then you have to kind of implement that onto afro textured hair does that make sense so Mm -hmm. a lot of people that specialize in textured hair are self-taught Mm. Um, although you may have the knowledge and the science which helps obviously with the education mm-hmm. you do need that definitely the fundamentals but that actual practicing and managing of textured hair was it's, it just it just was almost non-existent <laughs> like yeah so I, like, I want to create a doll where it looks not just has the hair but it looks like us as well so that's why mm-hmm. I launched Ebony um, and it's still not like I would love to have a doll where I can literally do anything to her hair and it just reverts back to afro mm. um, but at the moment that just doesn't exist. So, you know, at the moment she's there, she's mainly for like braiding and styling and learning how to part, learning how to just touch, feel, manage Afro hair. Mm-hmm. But we haven't got to the stage where um, she can be colored and heat treated. She can be, but the other thing is her hair won't revert back. Yeah. So, um, she can be, if you want to kind of just have that experience of how to, you know, straighten um, textured hair or how to color it, that's fine. You can do it, but her hair won't revert back. But in terms of getting the best use out of her, just managing her, learning how to do textured hair, braiding, um, styling, that sort of thing is, she's excellent for that. Amazing. Great. Yeah, definitely needed. So, yeah, how has it been like dealing with like celebrities as well um, in like kind of working in the industry where um, you're a black hairstylist um, in maybe like, so the celebrity sphere, maybe more white predominant? Um, how do you kind of manage that or how have you found that transition? I think like for me, I've not really, like I know about it and I've heard about it, but I've, my experiences, they've kind of found me and kind of requested me Mm -hmm. and I've gone into the space and then it's like, oh my God, it's so good that finally we can have somebody like you that understands our hair. Oh my God, it's so good to see products that we know and it's not foreign to us or that are made for us so they're the kind of comments that I get when I kind of touch you know work with like my celebrity clients um and I'm just glad that I can be in this space I feel like it's Mm. not necessarily that when we're not available I just feel like people are not given the chance and I think that that's a reflection on the people at the top that are making the decisions that uh, kind of you know they should be my more diverse in the, the crew members that they have that can facilitate or offer these services so um, I'm obviously glad to be there and I'm trying to open up doors for as many people as I can. Um, yeah. But I feel like um, it's just, yes, yeah, it just goes back to like educating and like, yeah, from the root really, because right. 
it's not that we're not there. I feel like they just need to be a bit more open to allowing us in, especially in that kind of the main, you know, Extreme, the main yeah. Things, yeah. And I think more, even more now, because we have a lot more black talent mm-hmm. in terms of like actors, actresses that are coming through, they just need to be more open to it. So it, yeah. it has been a little bit for me, I've kind of seen it, I've heard it and I'm seeing it now even still. Um, but I do feel like we're taking baby steps. Mm. The fact that I've even been allowed to to even enter into that space is great. But also they have power and they have voices. And I think that now they're starting to use them. Um, yeah, definitely. I feel like they need to be using them. Like I'm on a job right now mm-hmm. that for Marvel, a massive production that I'm starting, this wow. time, working for the next four months. And that is because the actress in it said, no, get me someone mm-hmm. that I can relate to that's going to understand what I want. Um and you know that's what I'm saying. It's for them as well to kind of use their power and their voices to say no, get people in that. Yeah, it's definitely yeah on that as well. I um I saw a video that Amber done actually on YouTube, and she was saying how her hair was kind of damaged at the beginnings parts because she was um it was mainly like white people who were doing her hair and didn't understand it, and then from then on she requested having a black hairstylist as well. So definitely seeing the importance of that using your voice. Um, I'm requesting that for sure. Yeah, exactly. What would you say is the biggest challenge you've had to overcome as a hairstylist? Oh, biggest challenge. I don't know if there's a specific big challenge. For me, I struggle with <laughs> just being um, being told no or just that mm-hmm. disappointment of not, yeah. not being able to fulfil certain things because, not because you're not capable, but just because you're not, I don't know, in a particular kind of group of people or yeah. I think that's the kind of been my struggle, just like doors being closed okay. um, and having yeah. to really like kick the door down. Like, yeah. I think that's been my really my struggle because even something like me being signed to an agency, like I would, I tried to get signed to an agency for a period of maybe like 10 to 15 years. Like, honestly, I was like trying all, all the time back in a long time ago, but trying, yeah. trying, trying, trying. And no one would, so half of the time they wouldn't even, respond like you might get one or two that be like oh you're not quite what I'm looking for we're not recruiting or we're not hiring or whatever we're not adding anybody to our books and then I to the point where I just got kind of fed up of it because I'm like okay this is not for us like I don't see many black people on mm-hmm. agencies anyway you get the few ones that kind of get out but then there's not enough um so I think little things like that just that whole I think mainstream is really really hard to break through as a person of color I feel like the doors are slowly, and I have to say slowly, because although they've got one or two, we're still not there. Slowly opening, but there's still so much work to do. And I feel like sometimes if I didn't love what I'd done, if I didn't love hair and I didn't love what I was doing, I would have given up a long time ago. Because Mm -hmm. it can put you off. It can make you feel like you're not worthy or you're not doing something right or you're not good enough or you start to question yourself. Like, so if I went like strong in my own self and just enjoyed what I was doing and just thought, well, I enjoy doing this anyway. I'm going to just keep doing it. Um, I would have given up. And look, it's come full circle now. Everything that I've, I kind of wanted to do is actually happening around me and to me at this moment. It's mad. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely, I think um, a lot of people can relate to the rejections and stuff. But as you're saying, like, keep on pushing, like, the passion is what fuels you um, going on your journey as well. What advice would you give to young aspiring hairdressers or business owners generally? I would definitely say if you're a hairdresser, go to college. 
a lot of people, they don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. Go and get your qualification because even though you think you, you know hair, you don't know hair until you learn hair and you learn the science of hair. And you can't bake a cake without the ingredients. You can't know the fundamentals without knowing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Go to college, learn about the science of hair, learn about how it reacts, what it does, because that knowledge is going to make you a better hairstylist. It's going to make you not make those mistakes that a lot of people are making because they're not qualified. And I really have to hold in on the qualification because the worst thing you like, the, the, the best thing you can give a client, I should say then, is confidence and being able to talk to them in a way that they understand that you know what you're talking about. Yeah. Then they sit in your chair and they trust you. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one wants to sit in a chair where somebody behind them is not sure, can't even answer a question that you probably researched before you got to the salon. <laughs> like, do you understand what I'm saying? You need to, you need to be confident and you need to know what you're, what you're doing. And I feel like that is the, the, the foundation and then everything else afterwards. So yeah. anybody that wants to get into here, definitely go to college. I know there's time, but commit that time because I'm telling you, it will pay you in the long run. Like you will not regret it. And it sets you apart from everybody else that hasn't done it. Yeah. People respect you. And if you're wanting to charge a certain amount for your services, hell to the yes, you can do that because you are qualified. You went, you learned this thing, you invested in yourself and it will pay you back. And then in terms of doing a business, um, just obviously don't just jump into a business for money. Like, Anything you get into business-wise, do it because you actually love it and it's what you want to do. Don't just think, oh, I'm going to get into this because it makes lots of money. That's the wrong thing. And never go into a business thinking, oh, because it's my business, I can open and close when I want. You actually work 10 times harder when it's yours than you do for somebody else. But it feels good because you know you're working for yourself. Mm. So those would be like the, 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 the key things I would give anybody that's listening today. Amazing. That's great advice. And also just to go in a bit deeper about the qualification. So does that go into like kind of like trichology um, as well as like customer service? Yeah. Trichology is a whole different thing on it on its own. So if you want to be a trichologist and you want to go down that route, then you can. But I wouldn't say that that's something that a hairdresser would need to know. That is a whole specialist area. Mm-hmm. Um, so if that's something that you want to do, then fine, you can do that. But I wouldn't say you would need to know trichology to be a good hairdresser. Um, customer service. So does it kind of go into like how to... Yeah, manage? customer service, anything front-facing, um, as long as you're dealing with a, another person, which <laughs> most things are, even if you're on a, over a phone, on a Zoom, whatever it is, I think it's good for people to just know how to talk to people and read people as well. Yeah. Some people are really like oblivious to like body language mm-hmm. and... You know, sometimes you get a client that's sitting in a chair and the first thing they do is pick up a magazine. What that tells me sometimes is that they just don't want to be, just yeah. don't interact with them. They just want to be in their magazine. Mm-hmm. So it's about just understanding those things. So customer services is really great because it teaches you those sort of things, how to deal with customers, when to, how to. So you, you it's only, only going to make you a better person. Um, yeah. and it's only going to improve your business and improve your customer experience and you just sometimes you just have to put yourself in that chair like okay if I was the customer what would I want because I'm paying my money in it so it's like so sometimes you have to flip it over sometimes and just put yourself in that position and I think that always helps cool great is that like included in the course yeah so most of the hairdressing courses and stuff like that will cover some area of customer service Cool. Amazing. Great. Um, And also another thing that we know that hairdressers are also like uh, mental health, like kind of people shed out their almost like a therapist um, that as well. Um, How have you find that side of it as well? Yeah, I think I've heard and seen and cried and laughed with so many clients. It is absolutely crazy. Like 
it's such a personal space and I think if you're well especially if you're doing your clients over like a long period of time you actually get to know like everything about them all about their lives all about the families everything even though you've never met them <laughs> but I feel like a lot of people just feel like that's their time it's a safe space they can unwind um and I think it's really important to be able to build that relationship with your your um, customers and clients but I also think that there is a line and I've seen too many times where hairdressers are too comfortable because somebody's shedding out yeah like what they you know what they're kind of and then the hairdressers get carried away and they start shedding out and then yeah. start opinionated and mm. so I think there's a line so I think for me I listen to my customers I take it all in um, and I don't really tell them anything about myself unless I feel like it's necessary. And if I do tell them, it's going to be in a way to help that situation, not to bring it down or make them feel yeah. worse. And I'm definitely not the kind of uh, hairdresser that's too opinionated in the sense, like, I just start blurting stuff you out. Um, you yeah. have to be, okay, deal. what do you think about this? If you ask me, I will tell you. Mm. But otherwise, I'm here to listen. We need to cry. If we need a hug, that's fine. But I just feel like, there's the line. So I think hairdressers just need to know how to manage that because I've seen too many times hairdressers just go over. Yeah, yeah. Over. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah. Like, too far, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's great. Um, yes, I think that's all the questions. It's been really lovely speaking to you. Um, yeah, definitely. So everyone listening, go check out um, Signature by Dion Smith. Um, what are your socials as well? So my um, Instagram is at Dion Smith official, and then uh, my shop Signature by Dion Smith is Signature by Dion Smith at Signature by Dion Smith. Um, and yeah, the website's www.signaturebydionsmith.com or dionsmith.com. So yeah, you can check me out. And yeah, it's been nice talking to you, Remy. <laughs>